Well, we're going to complete our uh, study of Luke chapter 4 for this year. We're in verse 31. It says, uh, Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There, too, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. He spoke as someone who knows what's going on. He spoke as someone who can see what God is doing and what he's calling people to. You see, because in that time, uh, we know from history that preaching had pretty well gotten down to this. They would read a scripture, and then the teaching would be uh, kind of arguing more or less over how to translate all the words and then how that passage had affected the law. And they had a very strict system of holy laws that they followed. So it was all about how to keep doing what we've always been doing and why we do it that way. And that was what preaching was back then. And I think if you read between the lines, people were pretty lost in it. It was pretty uh, stale to them. And until Jesus came and spoke with authority, they felt like the no fresh winds of God were blowing anymore. It was just all about, let's just keep coming here and doing things how they've always been done. I remember uh, as a kid going to church, the, the pastor would always get up and he'd start with a comic strip. It was always either the Peanuts or Family Circus, which I consider the two most unfunny comics on the comic page, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm crusty, but I just don't get it. Like, could we not have one Far Side cartoon ever? <laughs> and then he would tell a story about his golf game, which was totally lost on me. And that's what I remember about church. Uh, there was a high school Sunday school I went to, and the only thing I really remember about high school Sunday school was one day, one of the leaders said that if you listen to heavy metal music, it will turn you into a devil worshiper. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. I love heavy metal music. Well, it's going to turn you into a devil worshiper. I said, hey, I want to bring in a heavy metal song next week. I want to play it, and then I want us to discuss it. And he said, okay, we'll do it. And I thought, I have, I have them now. Because I'm going to bring in Alice Cooper. And here's why I think I've got them. Because my dad introduced me to Alice Cooper. And my dad, I think, is a deacon in the church. I know he's a Sunday school teacher in the church. So how can they argue with this? So I brought in Alice Cooper. We listened to it. We had our debate. And uh, and, uh, what's that? What song? What song? (laughs) Prince of Darkness. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're going for the jugular. Um, And and they weren't having it. They weren't having it. Yeah, a steady diet of that will turn you evil. Now, they're not all wrong. I've been a parent of teenagers, and I've seen how a constant barrage of negative music can have a negative impact on kids. They're not all wrong, but doggone it, can there be some? Could there not have been some ground between God hates everything that young people love? (laughs) And, yeah. So church just became this place full of stuff, jokes I didn't get, and a God who was, you know, always looking out for anybody having fun so he could go squash that. And that was what it was. And the problem is, I needed something from God. Um, in my family, I grew up with, a, 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 on my mom's side, on a family tree that lives far away from here. But, uh, I, you know, I always wished we could have gone to somewhere like the House of Hope in Lexington. Uh, there was a, a, on that whole side of the family, there was a steady stream of abuse, neglect, drug addiction, alcoholism, sexual abuse. I, I needed healing from that. 
And there just wasn't anything in Family Circus comic strips and the devil's music that just had the power to speak to that in my life. There was no authority for what God's doing now. I actually found that authority at the karate school. My parents signed me up for karate. They didn't know it, but they signed me up with a bunch of uh, former drug addicts and wild children who turned out not to be black belts, but Christians. And they prayed over us before every class. And that's where I began to feel some authority and some testimony of what God could do for the healing that I needed. I think that's how those people started to feel when Jesus began to teach. Verse 33, one day when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, began shouting at Jesus. Go away. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus cut him short. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. Here's a little bonus piece. Do you know in Greek it doesn't say be quiet? It says muzzle it. That's just a whole different Jesus. <laughs> Muzzle it. Come out of the man, he ordered. And at that, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, what authority and power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him. They flee at his command. The, this, uh, the news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire region. I bet. Now, I don't have time to talk about evil spirits and the devil and possession and sort all that out. We do have the spiritual warfare course, which is wrapping up. But we're going to start a new one after Easter. You'll be able to sign up for it at the end of this service. If you'd like to explore that more and find out where does that intersect in modern world. We're just going to right now take it at face value that there, was an, there is an evil spirit world and Jesus had the authority to command even the things that happened there. Now what I really want to get to comes at the end of the verse, end of this chapter, and that is something called the Messianic secret. The Messianic secret is scattered throughout the Gospels and it will mess you up every time you read about it. But we're going to try to keep that from happening here. So here it is, verse 41. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command shouting, You are the Son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. Now, in our church, the most important thing we can do is tell people that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, sent from God. In Jesus' time, people didn't know that, but the spirit world knows that. But Jesus won't let anything from the spirit world say it. Sometimes Jesus will heal people and they'll figure it out. You're the Messiah. And he'll say, it'll say, he sternly warned them not to tell anyone. Why is he keeping the secret that we consider the main mission of our church? Here it is. This is why the Messianic secret. Because at that time, people knew that they needed one thing from God. They needed a savior to come and free them from the rule of the Roman Empire. They needed a military leader to come and overthrow the Romans. Now, you know from history, that's the one thing they never got from God. Uh, Israel was never free of the Roman Empire. In fact, the Roman Empire destroyed the nation of Israel. So that wasn't the reason the Messiah came. And so Jesus would not allow talk of him being the Messiah to bubble up. 
because he didn't want them sharpening up their swords and getting ready for war and spreading rumors that he was a war leader and putting him forward for a mission that he didn't come for. So he kept the Messianic thing a complete secret as much as he could until the cross. Until the cross and the resurrection and until the real mission of the Messiah could be revealed. That he'd actually come to set us free from sin. That he'd come to set us free from a, let's just keep doing it the way we've always done it, understanding of the law. That he'd come to set us free from evil spirits and a dark spiritual world. That he'd come not just to set the nation of Israel free, but to set the whole world free, including people they thought were their enemies. In fact, he came to set Romans free. He came to turn the Roman Empire Christian, which did eventually happen. Now, after the resurrection, then he tells his disciples, and now filtered out to us, now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now the secret is out, now that we can understand what the Messiah is. I had my own messianic secret that God was keeping. Because I came to God for just one thing. I needed healing from my family cycles of abuse and neglect. I needed that cycle to be broken as we just prayed. I needed it. I needed the wounds it had put on me to be healed. And I needed the parts of it that got into me to be taken out so that I would not repeat that cycle. That's what I needed from God. But not long after I become a Christian... God sticks me in this place where when you're at a time of life when you're supposed to be dating and finding out who you may marry and all this sort of thing, he sticks me in this place where I don't date anyone for years. Not for lack of trying. (laughs) They're just, I couldn't find any Christian girls because now I'm a Christian. And if I did, they weren't interested in me. That felt like God just slamming me to the floor and leaving me lay there and watching when I needed him the most. Then I got to a place where I was pretty obsessed with that karate school. I had a lot going on there, and he took it away. I still remember one of the last prayers one of my instructors prayed over me. We were in a meeting, and she said, I've been praying, Garrett, and I believe the Lord is going to call you out of karate so that you can define yourself by who you are in him instead of who you are in this karate school. And I did not want to hear that, but through a series of events, within a year, that is exactly what happened. That's where I met Jesus. That's where I began to be excited about faith. And now he's taken that away. That felt like he just swept my feet out from under me, and I hit the mat hard on that one. Then I became a public school teacher. Always wanted to do that. After four years, I realized this is not my calling. This is killing me. So I left teaching, and I came here to the church to work in the arts and the technical areas. And after another four years, I realized, this is not my calling. This is killing me faster. So I left ministry in the church and went to seminary to become a pastor. It felt like God was jerking me here and then pulling me over there. And all I ever wanted to be was settled and break this cycle of wandering and purposelessness. And he's just slamming me on the ground over and over again. I just needed one thing from God. What is all the rest of this? If you feel like God is slapping you around this morning, judo throwing you, 
I want to draw your attention back to verse 34 and 35. That's where the evil spirit says, Go away. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, there's a little threat mixed in there because there's just one evil spirit in the story, but he keeps saying, have you come to destroy us? And he could mean like me and all my evil spirit buddies, but he could also mean me and this guy I'm possessing. Have you come to mess around with us? Do you think you're going to do something here? Because you'll destroy us because we're one now. Me and this guy I possess. And, and you try to pull us apart and you're going to destroy us, Jesus. Is that what you are going to try to do here today? And Jesus cut him short. Muzzle it. <laughs> Come out of that man. And he threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. And then it came out of him without hurting him further. It was a trick. It was a lie. Jesus did have the power to pull them apart. You could have one without the other. Everybody watched to see, was watching to see, well, what's going to happen now? And he got up off the floor unharmed. If you feel like God is pulling you here and pulling you there and sweeping your feet out from under you and throwing you down on the floor, that's a painful time. But maybe you haven't seen the full work of the Messiah yet. And maybe things you think you just can't live without or things that just go together, maybe they really don't go together. Maybe something's being peeled apart that right now you think can't be peeled apart, but it can and someday, maybe soon, maybe not soon, you will get off the floor. And you will not be harmed further. And you'll see the full power of the cross. Yes, we all came to God just needing one thing. But the Messiah has such a bigger mission for us than we can know. And sometimes the fall down on the floor moment happens first. Before we get back up again. I only have my own story to tell with any real authority, so I'll say that for 15 years now I've been a pastor, and I do feel like for those 15 years it has been my calling. And I did end up getting married, and a lot of people owed each other money on that one. <laughs> and I married the best girl imaginable. And uh, I'm even back in karate again. <laughs> After a 20-year absence, my son decides he wants to take it, but only if I take it with him. And I really credit the relationship that we have to the time that we have gotten to spend training together there. Now, parents, you really all ought to do this because in karate, you get to beat your children. Oh, yeah, you get to beat your children. But watch out, because they get to beat you right back. <laughs> so, for my story, I guess that just leaves the heavy metal music of Alice Cooper. I wonder what God was ever able to do with that guy. What does that mean when you say accepted Christ? What does it mean to accept Christ? Well, you know, I don't think we accept Christ. I think we accept the fact that he accepted us. Yeah, sure. You know, um, and I just got to a point of saying, I'm tired of this life. 
And I know that this is right. When people say, well, how do you know that? Put that into words and I go, you can't put that into words. It's because God opens your eyes and he says, you know, it's supernatural. That's right. And you try to tell that to people and they go, well, yeah, but so is voodoo and so is this. And I go, no, you don't understand. And I could never explain it to you. But when, when the Lord opens your eyes and you suddenly realize who you are and who he is, yes. oh, it's a whole different world, yeah. you know? And right then, you know, I, I, I uh, was baptized and uh, I went to my pastor and I said, I, I think I got to quit being Alice Cooper now. Mm -hmm. And he goes, really? He says, do you think God makes mistakes? Mm -hmm. And I went, no. He says, look where he put you. Yeah. He put you in, he said, he put you in the exact camp of the Philistines yeah. and you, we're basically the leader. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so now, what if you're Alice Cooper, but what if you're now following Christ? Wow. And you're a rock star, but you don't live the rock star life. Yeah. Your lifestyle is now your testimony. Wow. And that made total sense to me. He can do anything. Oh, man.